episode of field pass as always i'm ashton miller and today we have a great great guest he's a sixers blogger for the liberty ballers twitter account of sb nation mr harrison grim how are you sir i'm doing fantastic man i really appreciate you having me on your podcast uh, right. excited to dive into some uh fun sixers topics today. yeah we got a lot coming up today including the deadline kyle lowry coming up and of course, Joel Embiid. So everybody sit back, relax, and welcome down in the field. Okay. How would you rate the deadline Thursday? Do you think they got better or worse? Man, so so that's a great question because I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, uh, weren't necessarily pleased uh, with some of the deadline moves. I think universally, uh, everyone really did like the Buddy Heald move. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from what we've seen, like buddy's been a tremendous fit. So I think they have hit a home run with that. Obviously the other, uh, few transactions, uh, mainly the James Springer move and yeah. the, the Patrick Beverly trade. Uh, those were two kind of iffy moves just because Pat Bev, uh, he was playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also a fan favorite, both on and off the court. People loved watching him play. He fit in with Philadelphia. Those two guys who, um, I don't, I don't want to say fan favorites, but fans really held some attachment to them, seeing them go for essentially second round draft equity and seeing them go to rivals. That's a really tough sell for fans. But yeah. I think what you're seeing, um, oh, at least over the past two games, now this is a small sample size, but, uh, the additions that they did get back, uh, you know, these guys aren't scrubs. Like these guys can play Cameron Payne. Yeah. I think he's he's better than advertised thus far, especially as a creator. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's great for what they need, especially without Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, and then the Jane Springer move, you know, you recoup some of that second round draft equity that you sent off in the Buddy Heel trade. And overall, uh, again, back to the question at hand, I think they did have a pretty good deadline. I think it looks kind of funny because you got some moves like the Buddy Heel move, which looks great looks like a win now move. And then you got other transactions where they're shedding salary or getting second round draft capital. Um, overall, if, if I had to grade it right now, and, and this is subject to change, but uh, I think I would give it probably like a B minus or a B. I really do like the buddy heel move. Okay, yeah. um, some, some of the other moves are, are kind of questionable, but I think they should age well, especially as they uh, fill out the roster uh, with these buyout spots in the coming weeks. I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I love the Buddy Heel trade. They hit a home run on that, as you said. I mean, Springer and Beverly, I mean, they both did get traded for essentially nothing. But Campaign has has filled in pretty well. I mean, the Hawks game, he had 20 in his first game. So, I mean, yeah. And he played well yesterday, I think. I didn't really get to see a lot of the game, but he played very well. And Yeah, I'm- and and I think if you look over the past two games now, I don't know the exact number. I know he had, like, six assists last night uh versus the the wizards and in the game before that i'm pretty sure you have five or more assists so listen he's setting up the offense well obviously i don't expect him to do that on a nightly basis but he also won't have to uh with kyle lowry coming here so i think he's a solid addition and that's going to lead me to my next question is do you like kyle lowry do i like kyle lowry now 
over the past few years, I, I will say this. He's an annoying guy to play against. Like, you can tell he cares. He's always talking with the refs, uh, you know, always arguing or, or contesting foul calls. It's going to be really great being on the other side of that. Uh, and, I, and I know Sixer fans will eat that up, not just because he's a hometown guy, but when he plays, you can tell he cares. Yeah. Um, and I am higher on Kyle Lowry uh, via buyout compared to what he was on the Miami Heat. Now, uh, when the Heat signed him and, and paid him all that money, right. uh, they expected him to essentially be a, a Chris Paul kind of guy, like what we saw with uh, the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, moving the needle, putting them over the top. Obviously, he's uh, 37, I think, now. He's a smaller guard, so you're not going to see that out of him. Uh, but he's essentially coming here on a little bit more than a minimum contract. So the bar on what I expect and probably what most fans expect uh, is is lowered. And essentially, um, he needs to provide what Pat Bev uh, yeah. provided. Now, obviously, they're two very different players, but... Um, I, I think you'll see offensively, he'll be a pretty big improvement. Um, also the year before in the postseason, uh, he had some really great moments. I know the, the past few years haven't been too kind to Kyle Lowry, very streaky on and off, but he had some brilliant playoff moments and that's what you're getting with Kyle Lowry. You're getting a smart player who knows where to be, when, what his job is. Obviously Nick nurse trusts him. There's a lot of dots to connect between the Sixers and Kyle Lowry. So I think this addition is really going to help them. Um, and, and going back to what we were talking about with, with the trade deadline, what we saw, uh, I think the optics look a lot different. If you send Patrick Beverly out, pick up a second rounder, you got campaign who is essentially the third string point guard now. And what happens if Kyle Lowry is an upgrade over Pat Bev? Well, now you just upgrade that position and picked up a second rounder. Right. And all of a sudden, it looks a lot better. And they got Kyle Lowry for like minimum deal, which I think that's a steal for a veteran mm-hmm. player who can come in. He's going to help Tyrese Maxey come postseason time, and I think he's actually going to really help this team win and hopefully get over that next level. Even if they don't have Joel, which my next question is: Do you think Embiid comes back this year? <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's really hard to say. Um, I think what you've seen from the Sixers and statements. And this is just my opinion. I, w- I want to preference that and, and saying this, this is, there's no Intel behind this. This is strictly my opinion. Um, but I think what you've seen from the Sixers is, is a sense of cautious optimism and mm-hmm. that Embiid will return at some point this year. I don't think it will be in the immediate future. The, the timeline they put out, I think was, like he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. It's not going to be a four week thing. Uh, probably going to be double that, if not more. But listen, like the Sixers deadline and, and what they're putting out through the media, it really points to them being confident um, that Joel is going to be back at some point. And if you look at the Kyle Lowry move, Kyle Lowry had some suitors. Like the Sixers did use. Uh, some of their mid-level exception to sign him. They didn't just sign him to a minimum contract. He got a little bit more than that. I believe it was Woj reported um, that the New Orleans Pelicans and I think the Chicago Bulls uh, were were pursuing Lowry. So he had a serious market. And I know 
you know, Daryl Morey, Nick Nurse, obviously he's a local guy. Some of that plays into it. But do you really think a 37-year-old Kyle Lowry would be coming here if he wasn't sure Joel Embiid would be back or if he knew Joel Embiid wouldn't be back? I don't know. So, So that's just food for thought. So I think at some point we'll see him, but, you know, never say never. I mean, yeah, but I will... My hope is that he gets as healthy as possible before they head to the playoffs, even if that means miss the rest of the regular season. Because you you are going to need him come postseason time, especially with this team that they built around him. You get Buddy Heald, who Embiid never really had a shooter other than like J.J. Redick and Seth Curry. But I think Buddy Heald and Joel Embiid are going to be a scary, scary, scary duo if Joel Embiid is able to get back on the court this year. And I also it's like... Gonna be, it's going to be really exciting to see, see the gravity like between... Uh, not just Buddy and, and Embiid, but also Maxi, because you got yeah. all these different dimensions. Maxi, obviously, is a gifted shooter. Uh, is is the flash down the court, just full on speed. And Joel, obviously, is dominant around the rim and free free throw uh, area. And, and Buddy, obviously, has that shooter gravity. So that's a really difficult trifecta to, to try and keep all those guys in check at the same time so i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and then as the fourth option you could have tobias harris who doesn't have to take that bigger of a role if Embiid, buddy and maxi are on the court at the same time which i think that would benefit him more because he hasn't been playing well the last couple of games he did not play well yesterday but you know who did play well is that man, Ricky Council, who is a beast, I think. And he needs to deserve more minutes. What do you think about that? Man, Ricky Council has been so fun uh, to watch this year. Not just, you know, with the Sixers and, and what you guys saw last night, but um, on the Blue Coats, obviously, he played a fair amount before the, the injury bug really hit the Sixers. And all the two-way guys have been up pretty much almost for a month at this point, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but in my opinion... He was and is the best of the two-way guys right now uh, with the Blue Coats. I thought he was having the best, most complete year uh, over Turquavion Smith and, and Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, and, and the big thing with him in the G League, obviously, and the big question mark was was shooting. Well, he's shooting 40% uh, this year in the G League on healthy amount of attempts which is pretty interesting to see now i know the g league is the g league it's not the nba but that's what you want to see out of your two-way guys and what you saw last night in the wizards game is this guy is an nba player in every other aspect outside of shooting now obviously he may not ever pan out if if he never gets a jump shot but his ability to to draw fouls and and just make stuff happen uh, with an athletic frame is truly remarkable. And I think there's a chance that maybe we could see him get converted to a standard contract. The Sixers have, have uh, two more uh, open roster spots. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I would cons- I would consider that because when was the last time a Sixers two-way player had a performance like this? And, and, I, and I'm not talking about like, Shake Milton having 39 at that point, I believe he was on a standard contract. When was the last time you saw a Sixers two-way guy do what he did last night? And I, I can't so. remember a performance. Yeah. I don't think Springer did that. I think Ricky Council I think Ricky Council is better than Springer. I think Ricky Council will be better than Springer. I think Ricky Council's taller and he could I mean, I think his ability to shoot will come along later in his career. But like what we saw 
not only yesterday, but the last, the coming weeks with everybody out, I think he's really proven to me that he can be a, a nice piece on this team, like a nice depth piece behind Kelly Oubre, Nico Batum off the bench, something around there. Um, yeah, and another guy who, who you didn't mention who he's probably competing with directly for, for minutes would be K.J. Martin. And, you know, I've I've talked with people during these games and a lot of them have switched sides and are just like, give Ricky Council the K.J. Martin minutes. Yeah. So it, it's incredible that we're even at this point now. Who do you think are their main targets in this offseason? Do you think do you think they bring back Kelly Oubre? Do you think they re-sign Batum? Do you think they re-sign Tobias? Do you think they give Maxi that extension? What do you think? Yeah, so they're going to have a, a really, really busy summer. Um, and and you've, we've seen it. Um, all their moves have reflected a sense of, of flexibility. Um, with, even with Buddy Heald, he's an expiring deal. Now, the hope is that you retain him, obviously, and they probably will unless the marriage somehow goes wrong. But uh, so the first part of your question, I believe it was um, who who do I expect them to go after? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a really interesting thing. I know a lot of dialogue, uh, at least on Twitter, has, has centered around um, the free the free agent pool this summer. And it's not a great free agent class. And. Will they look at some of those guys? I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will. But I think what you'll see is they'll look to retain a lot of what they do have now. Um, and I think the area that they'll really look to improve in is, is in the trade market. Um, because keep in mind, they have all this space this summer. They can use that space in trades. They can take back salary uh, without necessarily sending it back. So that's going to open up an interesting dimension. And then you got situations. Now, I'm not saying this is where they would definitely improve, but like with the Chicago Bulls or the Brooklyn Nets have been kind of iffy with a lot of win now guys. So maybe you can orchestrate a deal, uh, get some of those guys in. Uh, That would be interesting. And going back to the other part of the question, which I believe was uh, retaining their current kind of players like Nick Batum. That's, that's a tricky one to answer because obviously he's been a tremendous fit. He still has uh, something left to give in the tank, but a lot of what he said over the past, not just this year with the Sixers, but even before that seems to allude that he's at least uh, seriously considering retiring after this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So are you able to throw him a bag and say, please stay here? I guess we'll see. Uh, so if Nick Batum goes, then you want to keep someone like Kelly Oubre. Obviously, they're they're very different players. So there's a lot of moving pieces to this puzzle. Um, also, there's a Paul Reed contract where if they don't make it past the um, what is it uh, the first round, uh, yeah. it's non guaranteed. So that's a potential other moving piece. So you got a lot of moving pieces. Ultimately, I think they're going to look to keep a lot of these guys. Uh, Buddy Heal, DeAnthony Mellon, I imagine they'll be high on their list to retain those guys. And then just trying to uh, improve via the trade market. Do you do you think Tobias Harris will get another bag in the offseason? Or do you think they might, you know, let him go? Another bag from the Sixers? or yes, from the Sixers. I... That's a difficult question to answer because 
it's not just yeah like they'll they'll move on they'll sign i don't know some free agent because obviously like i said the free agent class isn't that good and right it's not even that good there's just not necessarily a good power forward or big forward option really out there so it's difficult to say i would lean towards probably not just probably not he won't return to the sixers just because i think if you look at daryl morey's tenure he tobias has been in trade mover and trade rumors basically since daryl got here and i think that is kind of telling now um obviously he hasn't been moved but i also think the offers they've gotten have probably been pretty terrible like yeah offers that you or i wouldn't do in daryl's shoes so um you know is it possible to buy this back absolutely uh but at that point it's going to be for a number that isn't you know 35 million and there's a lot much more of a, of a swallowable uh number for their salary gap right okay yeah i mean i i would take tobias back on a, a cheaper a cheaper deal than what he is on what, what what would be let, let me ask you this what would be kind of like your max threshold what would you be willing to to pay him like annually annually i would say 17 18 around there so okay because because i was thinking like i'd be comfortable with something in in like the t- low 20s maybe mm-hmm. yeah i mean so, I think, so so we're on the same page yeah I think he he has so like he shows he can be the potential third star, but he hasn't consistently shown that he can be the third star in this team. If but if he if coming up like this stretch, if he can show that he can be the third star, I would maybe you know a little lean toward a little bit of money. But I for right now no. Who else do you think they get on the buyout market aside? They got Kyle Lowry. Who do you think they should bring in? That's a great question. I think. Heading into the deadline, I, I thought it was going to be um, obviously Kyle Lowry. We news of that broke last night, so that's happening. The worst kept secret, <laughs> maybe in the entire NBA. Um, and then you have two other roster spots. So coming out of the deadline, I thought it was going to be something like Kyle Lowry, uh, maybe bringing Danny Green back. Obviously, the Sixers and him share a very mutual interest. The Sixers love having him around. The young guys. Um, on this team, love having Danny around. He's a great vet. And, you know, not many people remember this because it seems like a lifetime ago, but earlier this year, uh, he got some rotation minutes, like 10, 15 minutes, and it and he didn't look terrible. No. Um, so I thought that was going to happen. And then, you know, uh, the deal to to kind of get an innings eater for, for Joel at the center spot never really happened with Andre Drummond. So maybe you bring in a backup big, but Going off of Daryl's comments um, that he had in, a media, in uh, media availability, it seems like it's going to be a little bit different than that. So it seems like maybe they're considering giving a roster spot to one of their two-way guys, uh, probably between Terquavion Smith and Ricky Council. And, you know, we just talked about it last night, but <laughs> Ricky Council having that performance, and if he continues to play well, that really bodes well for him to possibly get converted to a standard contract. Right. Uh, so maybe, maybe you give him a spot kind of uh, just improve that wing depth. You can never have too many wings in, in this league. 
And then the final roster spot, Daryl really alluded to possibly adding someone who could provide minutes at the five spot, but isn't necessarily like a traditional five. So uh, maybe not like a Tony Bradley or, or Nerlens Noel kind of type. Maybe you go and look at someone like Danilo Galladari, yeah. who's not really a five, but you know, you, you, you could run some wacky lineups with that or, or maybe uh, Davis Bertons. That's another guy who might get bought out. Obviously great shooter, not a traditional five. So maybe you do something weird with that spot. Just get in a guy that provides something different than what you have with Paul Reed and Mo Bamba. Right. And I was going to say, would you consider bring back Marcus Morris? Yeah, so I believe they actually can't do that because from my understanding, and I might be mistaken on this, um, they turned that heel. So Marcus Morris was in the um, the Buddy Heel trade, obviously. And I believe they expanded that to include the San Antonio Spurs. So it's technically a three-team deal uh, with Doug McDermott going to Indiana. So... If that's the case, which I think it is the case, they actually can't sign Marcus Morris back this year um, due to CBA rules. Mm, okay. And my final question for you is, do you think this team makes it out of the second round this year if they have Jordan back? That's that's a million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, Well, I think if you see... Man, that's that's a really tough question because there's the variable that you're talking about, right? With uh, how is Joel going to look if he returns? Is he going to be himself? Is he going to be 90% of himself? Or is he going to be much worse than that? A lot of uh, their championship odds hinge on that. Now it seems like the Sixers are somewhat confident that he's going to look good. When he comes back, obviously, if if Joel returns and he's even 90% of what he was, what we've seen this year, uh, the Sixers can compete with anyone with, with that version of Joel Embiid. That's, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA this year. Mm. Uh, but the other dimension or, or factor uh, would be who are they competing against? And a lot of teams in the East have either gotten quite good or have just developed internally and have been killing it. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who the Sixers, I believe they play them tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, they're like 18 and one over the yeah. past 19. Like, and, and they've been banged up a lot of this year. Jared Allen's been tremendous. Donovan Mitchell obviously is a, a tremendous uh, talent. And that's not even talking about Evan Mobley or Darius Garland. So that's going to be a tough team to beat. There's the um, New York Knicks who just have a bunch of of really good players and, and Jalen Brunson. They're not going to be easy if, if they can get some of their key guys back, OG Ananobi, Julius Randle. And then you got the Milwaukee Bucks who have been very up and down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can never count out Damian Lillard and, and Giannis. So yeah. it, it's hard to say. And, and at that point, presumably the Sixers would fall to, I don't know, maybe like the five or six seed just right. because they're, they're, they're not that good without Joel Embiid. So it's an uphill battle at that point. Cause then you don't have home court advantage. So it's tough to say, but 
I guess my answer would be if Joel returns and he's at least like, I'll say 75% of of what we saw him at um, earlier this year, they can compete with anyone. So ultimately it all hinges on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. It all hinges on Joel Embiid and whether he can return to the court. But I think if he does return to the court, I think this team is one of the top teams in the East, and I think they can wreak havoc amongst the NBA if he is able to return. For and, sure. And that is all. Thank you so much for this interview. That was great. Really appreciate you coming out. Thank you for everything. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. and. And from now on, I'm going to be tuned in, man. Again, I just really appreciate the invite. No problem. And again, another special thanks to Harrison for coming on the pod this week. Follow him on his Twitter, at Harrison Grimm, and we'll see you next week.